0: welcome to the housing matters podcast brought to you by the california association of realtors and the center for california real estate hello everyone uh, thank you for tuning in to our housing matters podcast episode 110 um Thank you again for uh, uh, listening in to your favorite crr uh, data nerds. Uh, my name is Oscar Way. I'm the Deputy Chief Economist at the California Association of Realtors. Now, you might be surprised. Uh, why am I the one doing the intro uh, this time? Usually, Jordan is the one who uh, provides an introduction and maybe a wrap-up as well. Well, today, he is not here. He's out for a couple of days. Um now, after, of course, many of you attended the uh, uh re-imagine that we had, was it um, last week or two weeks ago, um, he needed a break. And so uh, we let him take a few days off. Um, so instead of Jordan, um, I I can't do this on my own. So I invited a couple guests here with me, uh, a couple uh, people from our team um, to join me and help me out with the podcast. Um I, well, Jordan is a big guy, so he, of course, we need two people to, to fill in his shoes. So I invited Mike Falk, um, our public policy economist. Mike, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And we have Guillermo, of course. Guillermo has been with uh, CR for how many years now? Ten years now, and he works on the research and economics team, and he's our senior research analyst. Thank you, Guillermo, for joining us.
2: Thank you, Oscar. It's an honor. I'm excited uh, to be talking about, you know, the economy and the housing market uh, with you folks. I don't know that uh, two of us is going to be enough to uh, fill in Jordan's shoes, but we'll try.
0: And let's let's try it. I know you know we have a lot to talk about. We have, of course, um, just a couple of weeks ago, you know, Jordan provided a uh, an econ forecast, uh, the latest economic and market forecast. Uh, some of you may have already attended and may have seen the videos. I think uh, it is on demand right now. I don't know exactly how many people download the uh, forecast. We also have the PowerPoint presentation on the website. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Of course, we'll supplement that with our latest monthly sales data. We don't have the September's numbers yet. We will have those ready in what, two weeks or 10 days, Camel?
2: Yeah, in about two weeks, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, and then, of course, we want to talk about some of the latest things that happened. Um, some of the things that happened include uh, the Federal Reserve FOMC meeting that affects the interest rates. Uh, I know interest rates have gone up quite a bit. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, Mike will will tap into your uh, your area and talk about you know some of the uh, the political stuff that happens uh, that could affect the economy. Like you know, the government shut down and its impact. Uh, we'll tap into your expertise and uh, and ask you a few questions on that. Uh, sure. And then, of course, we will uh, then wrap it up with uh, some information about you know consumers, how consumers are feeling uh, right now. Uh, are we expecting uh, a, a recession later on uh, in the and uh, uh, year or next year? So we have a lot of t- things to talk about. But let's start off with you know the uh, the latest forecast. Have you guys seen the forecast?
2: I did. I actually got even a chance to uh, drop by uh, Jordan's presentation for a few minutes, Um, and it it was. I mean it 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 was a great delivery. Uh, Unfortunately, some of the news are necessarily not not the greatest, but um, you know it 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 could be worse. So, yeah, I,
1: unfortunately, I I didn't wasn't able to see him speak, but I had seen the presentation a few times beforehand, wow. and I definitely would say it's interesting times, but I I do think that there is a lot of room for optimism.
0: I mean, I think you know, of course, uh, you know, if you look at uh, if you if you've already seen a forecast, you know that you know uh, we expect you know a, an improvement in both price and sales next year. But we have to be real. We have to realize that, of course, interest rates are still very, very high, and it looks like that the uh, Federal Reserve uh, may not necessarily lower rates as much. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. And that actually uh, led to a, I think, a positive forecast, but maybe not as great as you know we would uh, hope that it would be. So let's let's start off with maybe just some macro numbers first. Um, now, so far right now, uh, I think most economists expect, uh, six months ago, for example, most economists expect we, us to have, the U.S. to have a recession. But it turns out that, you know, we might be a little stronger than that. Um, our projections for the GDP is that we are going to see an increase of 1.7% this year in 2023, which has already been improved. I think uh, earlier this year we might have a, uh, projected maybe one percent increase in GDP but then next year um, there is going to be a slowdown, um, but still a positive number of 0.7 percent. Um, even today um, some of you may, may some of you uh, in the audience may have noticed uh, that you know there was a, uh, a release that came out just now from UCLA. Now today, meaning you know the early October, it's October fourth. Uh, UCLA released some numbers uh, that shows uh, maybe somewhat similar. Maybe they're actually even more positive about twenty twenty three uh, than than we are. Um, but you know that that you know moderation of GDP. I think it's uh, somewhat realistic uh, because of course. Uh, it is stronger than what we expected. But, you know, a lot of people who believe that you know, it is going to be a recession uh, now might have changed uh, their perspective a little bit. Um, what about um, the inflation picture? Um, what do you think? What do you guys think about the inflation picture? Um, do we, of course, we yeah. had 9% before, but it seems like things
1: are actually slowing down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, inflation has been cooling off now. For the last couple months um, with the consumer price index at 3.9% in 2023. And, you know, one of the things that the Fed has been kind of drilling uh, into, you know, the minds of, of, of observers is that rates are going to be higher for longer. Um, their, you know, their goal is to get inflation down to 2%. We're still not quite there. But we are moving towards that direction. Um, and I think I would expect a higher rate environment until we can see inflation get closer and closer to that 2%. That seems to be where the Fed is, uh, you know, uh, keeping their, their eyes. I believe that they'll hold rates generally. There's a possibility for one more federal funds rate increase this year. Um, mm-hmm. But I would expect rates to remain elevated as the Fed continues to fight inflation.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it you know, I think a lot of people expected, you know, the Fed to uh, increase or to to keep rates uh, um stable in the last meeting. Again, we will talk more about that later. Uh, obviously, they did, uh, they kept it, you know, stable, uh, but there's still a good chance that they may actually raise rate, you know, and um, you know, in the next couple other meetings. Um, that of course yeah. had a lot to do with, you know, uh, the the uh, interest rates movement and things like that. Obviously, would have had, would have an effect on the um, the interest rate for uh, for the rest of the year and for twenty twenty four. Now, Gamma, well, we also made some predictions about um, what the rates are going to be like and how it's going to affect, you know, sales and price in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four, right?
2: We did. Uh, but before I get there, I, I was just going to uh, piggyback on what uh, Mike mentioned about inflation. And I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, while inflation has actually been uh, making a good improvement, you know, directionally, um, it's still pretty much out there. Um, and it's still continue to weigh in on consumers mm-hmm. and their spending, uh, especially now going into fourth quarter. Uh, you know, we have seen um, the price of, um, Oil and price of gas have been increasing in the last week or two, and so you know, especially as we move into like the holiday season when it's typically a a, um, good in terms of spending, um, you know, it's going to weigh in on that as well. And then lastly, I was also going to say the latest uh, PCE report that also included wage growth. um, It is showing that it is slowing, which is encouraging for the Fed. Um, But yeah, the the battle is basically far from over, you know, and as Mike mentioned, um, and we were able to observe that also in the dot block uh, of their latest meeting, um, you know, by next year, they were expecting to perhaps uh, decrease rates by almost 100 basis points. And at their latest one, um, sorry, that was back in June. And at the latest one, it was actually now showing down only 50 uh, basis points. So yeah, we we can definitely expect um, interest rates to still remain a high uh, for a little bit longer, which will continue to have an impact on uh, uh, mortgage rates. But yeah, uh, I right, think
1: the know, refrain so... is higher for longer, and I feel yeah. like the market is internalizing that finally. Yeah,
2: it, the
0: market is going to interpret, you know, interest rates uh, continue to int- interpret interest rates and in the Feds' movement. Or the Fed's uh, comment, so it's going to be ongoing, and we just have to keep an eye on that, you know, on a regular basis. It could actually change, you know, every couple weeks or so. Uh, but, but as of now, you know, it looks like, of course, they are going to keep rates for a little longer, a right. little higher, and that's the reason why we also adjusted our mortgage rates. Our thirty-year right. fixed rate actually has been adjusted um, for the average for the year. To six point seven percent for twenty twenty three, and we expect that number actually to dip. Now, here's the thing. It is going to dip, but the question is how long it is going to stay at a high level before dipping. And Gemmo, you you were right. You know that original expectation was you know in twenty twenty four things are actually going to dip, um, or based on I should say based on the um, the expectation or the dot plot from The uh, federal officers, Federal Reserve officers, they were expecting, you know, a few months ago that they're going to adjust it by hundred basis point, but they changed their mind already because of inflation remaining at a high level. Now, if you look at the headline number for inflation, it's actually not. It actually seems like you know things are actually coming down, but you know the bounce back in, uh, oil prices and the um, food prices, uh, actually you know, provided some doubt as to whether things actually will slow down uh, further. Um, and it may actually be very slow, um, slow down in inflation. And obviously that affects sales. Um, and that's why we also adjusted sales, um, right. you know, for 2023 and 2024 as well, and price as well. So how much did we actually adjust our sales and price um, for 2023 and 2024? Um, Gamo? I know you spent some time on your... Monthly sales report. Maybe you can give us some insights
2: as to yeah. So, so for a single family, um, from for, for a single family homes, we do have uh, now sales, uh, uh, coming down, uh, twenty two point two percent actually for the year twenty twenty three, um, but we do have, uh, we do feel a little more optimistic about twenty twenty four and we have them uh, actually up by almost about the same, about 22.9% for 2024. Uh, Price, um, you know, and and you can especially see what price has been doing in the monthly data, Um, mostly as a result of the very tight inventory that we're experiencing as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Price is still holding up very well. Um, uh, At least... um, in, re- in recent months, right? But averaged out for the year, we have um uh, uh, the price at a slight dip of one point five percent, um, and averaging up to about a hundred, uh, sorry, eight hundred ten thousand dollars in twenty twenty three. But um, in twenty twenty four, we actually have that going up about six point two percent to eight sixty.
0: We actually made some adjustment already for price. Um for some who might have seen our numbers um for 2023 we previously expected that to be down maybe about you know four or five percent uh, in previous projection um the fact that it actually uh is uh, has been actually adjusted only uh, to, to expect you know price to fall by 1.5 percent only um and then bounce back to 6.2 percent has a lot to do with supply um I know supply has been tight. Uh, Mike, you probably know you've talked about it with your government affairs folks uh, quite often. The Supply is definitely an issue in um, you know 2023, and it might see some improvement. We might see some improvement in 2024, but it's probably going to be some slight improvement, right?
1: Yeah, uh, housing supply is still well below you know historical standards, which is part of the reason why you know the median prices is, are staying elevated there's just not listings getting on the market mm-hmm. but we do believe that as market conditions and en- lending environment continues to improve so you know lowering of interest rates as, as that eases um, that lift listings will increase by 10
2: to 20%.
1: Um I was curious Oscar what uh-huh. how much uh active listings you believe uh, would have to increase to start taking some of the pressure off the high medium prices that we have.
0: Well, you know, it, it depends. Of course, there are a lot of different factors. And for one thing, you already know, and we have already, we have already seen a lot of developers, builders actually building homes, uh, and new home sales actually increase because there's a bit more flexibility right. for from builders and new homes. But at the same time, um, you know, the you know, we have to be realistic. New homes uh, new home sales usually uh, represents maybe about 10% of all homes. So that's even, that's a very small portion of it. And also uh, keep in mind, you know when people uh, when we people look at numbers about new home sales being up, typically that's national numbers. When we look at California numbers, maybe a little different. Uh, we have a tighter uh, situation in California and yeah. I think it will take you know a lot more um, to be built. In the next few years, and I have to be honest, you know, the tight supply situation is not something that could actually uh, be resolved in a matter of, let's say, one year or two years. It's going to take some time. Now, you know, the supply obviously is a tough situation. The supply situation is going to continue on for 2024. But uh, there are other risks as well. Some of the other risks that I think we have all talked about before include things like uh, insurance companies. I know, Matt, right. uh, Mike, you also have spent some time on uh, you know, Wi-Fi and insurance companies. Um, there are some uh, impact on insurance companies as well. Um, I think, uh, I don't know whether you have some additional information that you want to add to those uh, risks on insurance companies, but that certainly is a risk in
1: 2024 and actually going beyond 2024 as well, right? Right. So um, the big news has been, you know, the exodus of large insurance companies like uh, State Farm, for example, not wanting to issue new insurance policies on homes due to uh, increase fire. I will Please. jump
2: in and say um, I did hear, you know I, re- I read a, uh, a report that basically was talking about, like Mike said, some of those large um, insurance companies pulling out of the uh, uh, the state, unfortunately due to um, you know catastrophic weather events that just keep hitting California and impacting uh, higher cons- uh, you know, we also have high construction cost, inflation, um, economic conditions that just continue to weigh in on the cost of of basically rebuild, right? And um, insurance companies are just essentially saying that, you know, this is getting very costly and we want out. But that unfortunately is gonna end up weighing in on consumer uh, behavior because- well, um, Go ahead. Yeah, no, because essentially consumers will one, um, you know, think about it twice of uh, either listing their property and, and buying within the state because they might be subject to a um, um, uh, a, a higher cost of insurance or two, um, and no insurance which might not necessarily be the case right because most homes um, are required not necessarily by law but by the um, by the by the mortgage um, provider or the servicer uh, the financer if you will. Um, to have uh, insurance on the property that they are um, putting a mortgage on. So right.
0: well, of course, we don't necessarily know, you know what the exact impact is going to be uh, right. in uh, 2024 or beyond on you know how it would affect the market. But insurance company withdrawing from California uh, definitely would have an impact because as you mentioned, as Mike and, and Gamble mentioned, you know there will be some additional costs. Even a, a few hundred bucks, you know, on insurance uh, would actually lead to, um, let's say if it's 300 or $400 cost of insurance uh, per month will probably lead to a higher cost for, um, for a higher cost, like four or $5,000 a year for buyers. When you factor that in, that would definitely affect the affordability. And that would also affect, you know, the location where people want to live. So right. insurance is definitely insurance companies withdrawing is definitely a uh, a concern uh, and could be actually uh, a hurdle for buyers and sellers. Now the other there are other uh, risks. as Well, for example, commercial real estate.
1: Um, oh yeah, some Oscar, of those... can I just jump Go in ahead. real quick? Sure. About the fire insurance, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is that California has Proposition One Hundred Three. And Proposition 103 requires uh, insurance companies to get uh, permission from the California Department of Insurance before they can raise their rates. And what that's led to is that California, compared to the rest of the country, has relatively lower uh, home insurance prices. And another really crucial part of Proposition 103 is that insurance companies, when they're setting their rates, cannot use future risks to the property. They can only use historical data. So, in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, the Department of Insurance has been working uh, to take on an agreement with insurance companies that will help them, you know, move back into these high, higher uh, fire risk areas in exchange for the ability to be doing some future modeling. So what those areas might look like in the future. And that might also increase rates in high risk uh, fire areas. Um, But it might also bring, you know, these larger insurance uh, providers back so that folks don't have to go under the fair plan uh, or, or other providers.
0: There are, there are definitely a lot of uncertainties, you know, in the in this area. Um, obviously, um, I don't think it's going to happen, any, any type of setback or any type of risk uh, in the insurance company sectors I may mean, not necessarily um, take a huge chunk of um, sales out of the housing market right away. But I think, you know, some of the things that could actually go on, some of those things or uh, risks could go on for years, and that could actually have an impact on price and sales uh, and, and maybe supply on the housing market. So I think we will definitely have to keep uh, coming back in this area and talk about, you know, that area uh, as we move on to uh, the year uh, in 2024 and 2025. Now, I was mentioning, you know, a couple of the risks. Commercial real estate was another one. Um, obviously, we have, well, our focus is mainly on residential, but the commercial real estate. Um, Loans that could be maturing in uh, this year and 2024 could result in maybe some concerns about some of the banks uh, not having enough funding. Because, you know, uh, as as you know, uh, commercial real estate mortgages, they also mature and they actually mature at a uh, the, the duration is not 30 years, just like a residential. Their duration, loan duration is about, you know, 5, 10 years or so. So someone who lock in at a rate of, let's say, um, you know, 5% or, you know, 6% or whatever it is uh, previously, they might actually have to refinance at a, as a much higher rate. Now, and that could cause some banks to actually, um, if they cannot actually, if if the owner of the loan or the mortgages cannot actually refinance at a higher loan, they might have to default and that could affect banks. And that could create some economic risk. Right now, I don't think it create a whole lot of risk um for 2023, obviously, but for 2024, we may actually see some of those uh commercial real estates failing. I think mostly in the office sectors, not necessary in the multifamily, because multifamily is still um pretty is pretty um solid right now. Um, now, the, uh, there's one more risk that we want to talk about before we mo- move on to um, some of the later data and also on mortgage interest rates, and that is um, outmigration or population change. Um, mm-hmm. It does look like um, we had some population, um, decline in population in California in 2020 and 2021, Um I don't know whether that migration pattern uh, will continue. What do you guys think?
2: I mean, I'm, I'm also not sure if it will continue, but perhaps if we attribute it to affordability, right? Affordability over the last two years has definitely been crunched. Um, and if that was their main reason for the uh, sort of exodus of, of people leaving the state, um, with affordability still being uh, under pressure, I-, I could definitely see that trend uh, to continue. Um, yeah,
1: I agree but... with Guillermo. Yeah, the demand to live in California it's a it's going to always be there. It's a desirable place to live. Um, it's you know there's a lot of opportunity in California, but as Guillermo said, I it, the difficulties in affording housing in California, and that can be attributed to a number of different issues, the supply in particular uh, will always, you know, pose a risk for folks if they can find somewhere easier to live in terms of cost and still have a decent job. I think that the out migration patterns may still continue, but I do want to reiterate that there the demand to live in California is high. And it's really just that, you know, the supply is not needing that, might lead to further out migration.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we do have, you know, as I mentioned, you know, we have a couple of years, two years or three years of decline in population. Uh, it seems like, of course, part of it could be attributed to the fact that uh, besides housing affordability, part of it could be attributed to the fact that in 2020, 2021, we had, you know, Both people working. who were able to Both remote work. work. Right. And that's that um, degree of working remote, you know, for many companies actually have been leveling up a little bit. And that's why I think, you know, in in the upcoming year, we probably will see, even if we continue to see some decline, the the rate of decline will probably be uh, a little bit slower. Now, it has a lot of things to do with, you know, affordability for sure, with rates climbing at a very high level um, and not likely to come down very, very soon. Um, that could that population decline will continue, and we have already seen that you know in at least the last few months or or not the uh, you know last twelve months or so we have been seeing that decline exhibiting you know some impact on um, on sales. Um, now the latest number that we have uh, in is August numbers, and we will be releasing our September's number. But the August sales uh, clearly showed that uh, there's uh, some factors on not necessarily having as much i wouldn't necessarily say demand but not having necessary have enough sales uh partly because of affordable uh, partly because of cost of borrowing being high so because mm-hmm. of affordability the other part of it also is due to uh the supply side so maybe gamble you can maybe uh you know give us a few words on you know how the latest market uh, housing market report looks like, and that may explain a little bit about you know, or that may actually give us some reflection of you know maybe that the um, the population decline might have an effect, or housing affordability might have an effect on the housing market.
2: Yeah, no, I mean as you mentioned, the cost of borrowing has definitely been uh, very high, um, right? That is obviously a calculation um, based on the the actual cost of the of of the loan which is your mortgage interest rate, but also uh, the amount of the loan, right? Which is your price. The, 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 and, home, and like I said, home prices, um, we actually, in terms of prices, um, it, it rose year over year for the second straight month in August and um, to uh, close to 60859 Um You know, and that that's almost double what the national uh, median is or so. Uh, it's just, it's crazy uh, to think about that. Um, I was actually looking at the historical data the other day based on a member request. And, you know, back in the 1970s, 19, something like that, it was, it, I, I think it was in the early 80s when the median price statewide was barely reaching 100000 Um Right. And now it's crazy to think that it's over 850. Um, yeah, California was always a little higher than the rest of the
1: na- nation, but it was never as extreme as it is now. It was still closer to what wages were. It was still easier to live here, but it's gotten more difficult now.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot has to do with that, um, you know, desirability to live here that you were mentioning, uh, uh, Mike, earlier. Um but unfortunately, that, that, like I said, that cost of borrowing and, and the cost of ownership has definitely, uh, is definitely impacting the ability um, to have more transaction activity and sales in the market. And so it actually dipped for the third time, uh, thir- third month in a row in August, lowest level in, in seven months. Um, so it's, sales activity is just definitely being, um, uh, what's the word um, hampered uh, unfortunately uh by this uh, uh, um, crazy rate environment that we are experiencing right now um I but I go ahead yeah no and I, and I will also say that um the the most recent uh weekly data uh which we do publish on our website feel free to take a look it it, it does show as well that um, that it is in line with our anticipation of uh, having possibly another dip of sales in September. I don't have the official figures, but the weekly data is also showing that, as we expected, you know, uh, September is possibly going to be another slow month um, in the market in terms of sales.
0: And I think it's reflected, you know, the, the sales trend. We, we kind of have an expectation that it's going to go down in September as well. Uh, based on a pending sales number being down about 25%. But I think, you know, uh, prices definitely uh, have an impact on affordability. Uh, But at the same time, you know, with median prices actually jumping or um, showing some positive year over year gain, it does show, you know, the other side of uh, the market, which is because supply actually has been very, very tight. It continued to keep prices from falling um now in a way of course depending on whether you are a buyer's or a homeowners in a way you know the um, prices actually start inching up a little bit by two or three percent this is like as I mentioned you know second month that actually show a year-over-year year gain now with that actually second year second month year-over-year year gain it actually shows the fact that you know maybe uh home prices despite the fact that it did drop from the peak of close to nine hundred thousand uh, uh, mid of last year, it dropped to you know 850, 860, Even though that is, that is still a high number, it shows that you know the prices are actually stabilizing. Um, yeah. It provides some confidence to uh, people who are interested in buying that the market is actually stabilizing in terms of prices. Now the other part of it um, is that affects sales, not only affecting price is the supply side. You know, with supply being very, very tight, that's the reason, that's one of the main reasons I have to uh, say that sales actually continue to stay at a 260, 250,000 level, which is uh, obviously uh, below the norm that we normally see at about 400,000-ish or so. So supply is probably, you know, a a big part of it. And it probably is not going to look like supply is going to uh improve much in the upcoming quarter
2: right right yeah yeah no i mean uh inventory is slightly inching up um you know as it is to some extent typical um for this time of the year but um new listings are just not um are struggling to kind of gain momentum um and and the other thing I was just gonna mention too, because you uh, you talked about um, um, the inventory being tight and and prices kind of holding up is uh, com- competition. You know, the market's still pretty competitive, even though sales are down. And and you could we could argue about the band being kind of weak and stuff. Um, uh, it, there's still enough competition out there to. Uh, where, to the point where we can still see um, nearly half of homes still selling above asking price, right? And and that's essentially what's contributing to that price uh, gain. The some of those price gains that we're observing.
0: And you know, I'll I'll attribute that again the market competitiveness to you know tight supply. Tight supply right. is the real reason uh, behind why we're seeing prices up. And then of course market competition remaining remain. remain somewhat heated um and the affordability part of it obviously the high prices will uh, lead to um, tougher uh, or higher costs of borrowing for buyers but the other part of it of course is the federal reserve um or i should say mortgage rates being high now mortgage rates being high have uh quite a bit to uh to do with the expectation of the federal reserve uh mm-hmm. mike i know um we've talked about this before um uh, and we talked about it a little earlier so the federal reserve uh in september uh, decided to hold rates uh, mm-hmm. and said you know they are going to keep rates a little longer um do you mind elaborate uh, giving us a little bit more elaboration on on
1: the federal reserve decision sure so the fed is, is monitoring all sorts of different data sources uh you know Labor, uh, employment, uh, you know, job openings, wages, they all want to see, I think Jerome Powell referred to it as uh, navigating by the stars on a cloudy day uh, to make sure that their policies are working. And I, I, where they're at right now is uh, holding rates higher for longer. I think actually mm-hmm. Jerome Powell's going to get that tattooed on his bicep higher for longer just to really drive home. I'm kidding. Uh, but <laughs> about uh, you know where they're at uh, right now. Um, the they, their target federal funds rate, the overnight uh, lending rate for banks is has remained unchanged at a range from five point two five to five and a half percent. And you know there there are some signs that the members are feeling a little bit more optimistic about how things are going in the broader economy. Um, the median forecast for the GDP this year—they were revised, revised, excuse me, somewhat higher. Um, but you know, this is this is interesting. There are also committee members that believe there could be one more hike mm-hmm. uh, to the federal funds rate uh, before the end of this year. Uh, you know, so it would be five and a half to five and three quarters. Um, you know, when you enter the, the landscape of higher for longer, keeping these rates higher uh, and the possibility of another rate hike, you're gonna see uh, implications for the mortgage market, which depends in quite, quite, quite a bit on the yields on 10-year treasury notes. Um, and the yields have been increasing, you know, quite a bit the last couple months uh, as the Fed keeps these rates higher um, and signals their uh, commitment to keeping them higher. Um, and as 10year treasury yields continue to go up, that's going to uh, affect the mortgage, uh, you know, rates, which are, you know, mortgage news daily today and yesterday said they were at about 7.7. 7. Um, and you know the other thing to keep an eye on this week is we have a jobs report at the end of this week. And if that a lot of the jobs reports have been showing surprising amounts of resiliency. Uh, and if this one, you know, coming on Friday is also pretty strong, you can expect to hear the refrain of higher for longer again. I mean, the Fed wants to make sure that the economy does not remain overheated. They want to slow things down. They don't want to break it, but they want to slow it down. Um, so that, you know, the CPI and inflation can begin to go down and get close to that 2% mark that they're interested in. And that getting down there, it's it's going to be a stubborn process, which is why, you know, they're that, signaling that they're going to be keeping rates higher for the foreseeable future. And the market's beginning to respond to that. And you see that with these higher yields on the 10-year treasury.
0: It has been climbing, you know, mortgage rates, um, bond yields, of course, showing, you know, what the uh, kind of reflect what the Federal Reserve Fed Chairman Powell mentioned about, you know, the keeping rates higher for a little longer. Uh, But that's only part of it. Obviously, Guillermo mentioned earlier about, you know, the dot plot shows that there's clearly a difference uh, that the Fed Reserve uh, Committee members uh, believe that year end number of 2024 will only be adjusted 50 basis point instead of, you know, 100 basis point. All of those of course combined and you know contributed to rates climbing uh at a higher level uh, than before. I think um the couple reports that were re- released uh, earlier uh, in the last couple of days, you know, the uh PCE core uh, price index uh Actually, it shows that things are actually slowing down. And right when that report came out, you know, we actually saw a dip. But, of course, we had uh, we also have a report on job opening um, being a little bit stronger. There will be, you know, another report or so coming out uh, before the next meeting or so, maybe even two reports. They'll come out uh, in the next meeting or so before December, uh, before November. That may show, you know, something a little different. But all in all, I think, you know, the, the inflation numbers uh, with uh, gas prices being a little high. Now, gas prices could see a relief, you know, uh, in maybe uh, the next couple of weeks or so, because I think uh, uh, the, uh, the winter blend, usually uh, the, the price of the winter blend of gasoline, they're typically a little bit lower in terms of price compared to the summer blend. Uh, and that usually get released or um, switched over, I think, uh, at the beginning of November. But uh, I believe it was approved to actually have that winter blend come out a little sooner, maybe in the next couple of weeks or so, maybe in the next week or so. So that will help you know, some Californians, I think. Um, and that will help maybe the headline numbers a little bit. Because uh, right now, what gasoline is is uh, the regular gasoline price average is somewhere around six fifty ish or so in California, right? Um, and that's a little bit high compared to you know the national number. Um, but that that relief could be just temporarily, or maybe at least for Californians, Californians only. We definitely need other uh, prices to come down as well. Um, now there are other things that we need to be concerned about in addition to interest rates, right? Interest rates uh, being high, obviously. I hope that, you know, it will come down uh, and as we move into november is or show, you know, as inflation start taming down a little bit. But there's also uh, the concern, uh, the recent concern, at least, you know, last week we were, uh, a few people were a bit more concerned. Uh, that's about the government shutdown. Mm-hmm. The government was going to shut down uh, if a uh, a temporary bill were not to pass. Uh, but at the uh, 11th hour, uh, we got that passed. Um, so I know I, I'm going to tap into Mike again. Uh, I'm going to ask Guillermo later on for additional comment, but I'm going to tap into Mike again on the deal with the government shutdown. What is the deal there? And uh, are we? do you think we will see uh, – a possible sh- another shutdown in November because, you know, the, the temporary bill that they passed will only buy us, what, six weeks or so, right? So what's the deal there?
1: Well, so like you said, uh, things were looking pretty grim for keeping the government open until, uh, you know, Congress was able to pass the stopgap. Uh, spending measure keeping the government open uh, until mid-November I believe it was 45 days Um, however that that wasn't the end of the story because in order to get that measure through um, the former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy um, you know reached across the aisle and got uh, you know support from some Democrats um, in order to get that passed and there are some Elements within his party that uh, do not want to see him making those compromises, that want to see deep spending cuts. Um, And when he became Speaker in January, he included a provision that any member of the House of Representatives could put it to a vote to remove him. That was kind of the price to get in. Mm. And after this recent, um, you know, spending measure. Uh, you know, some of the members of his own party, the Republican Party, have ha- activated that and held a vote uh, of whether to vacate the chair of the Speaker of the House. And yesterday uh, that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened. Um, and Senator, or excuse me, Congressman McCarthy is no longer the Speaker of the House. So right now we're looking at a situation where the House of Representatives does not have a Speaker of the House. And we have another, uh, you know, deadline coming up in November to fund the government. So I think that it's too early for me to be making any sort of odds predictions or anything like that. But there is a lot of uncertainty now coming out of Washington about whether or not they'll be able to find a new Speaker before then, uh, or if the Speaker that they do find before them will be able to get it done. Uh But, um, yeah, it's completely possible that we're going to be uh, having deja vu all over again in November uh, with, you know, the possibility of a government uh, shutdown.
0: That's definitely, you know, uh, a concern. Um, I know before they passed a temporary, you know, uh, bill. Uh, Goldman Sachs, for example, projected that the shutdown would reduce economic growth by about 0.15% you know, uh, for each week that it lasted. Obviously, uh, we still have a few weeks uh, before uh, we could possibly see another uh, close call, I would call it. Um, but you know, hopefully we can resolve those issues. But if we don't actually resolve those issues, if we actually have a government shutdown, I'm going to ask Guillermo this. Um, what do you think? Uh, would be, you know, some of the economic implication for a government shutdown.
2: Uh, well, I mean, a government shutdown can definitely lead to thousands of government employees, you know, and contractors being furloughed, you know, delayed getting paid. Uh, it could also impact federal housing, mortgage, and some other programs interested, uh, you know, with um, of interest to the real estate industry. Um, so yeah, it can definitely have some repercussions to to an already uh, not so bright necessarily outlook in the housing market. You know that's struggling to gain some mm-hmm. uh, momentum. So yeah, not 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 good news. Uh, let's hope they do avoid a, another possible another possible shutdown in November and they can come to an agreement. Yeah, but yeah. like uh, Mike said, they're gonna have to first find a speaker now. So that's definitely gonna delay the process. And uh, make this a little more complicated.
0: Yeah, it does. And and you know, just going back to you know the the question that you you mentioned, or the statement that you mentioned, Gamo, uh, about they need to find a speaker first. Um, Mike, do you think? Um, I know this is going to be a long process. Obviously, not everyone expect things to uh, to necessarily go that way. Um, it's going to complicate the. It's going to hire the uh, increase the uncertainty and complicated process. Do you realistically can we expect things to happen like within the next week or so? Um, I know you're speculating, but you know I want to see what you think about you know finding a new speakers and then hopefully moving on to getting some of those real is- issue resolved.
1: I think that the next week. Is going to be a lot of sound of fury, probably signifying nothing. Uh, you know, there are some folks in 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 the House that would like former presidents to become the Speaker of the House. Um, I know that there are, uh, you know, a couple of names on a short list for the next Speaker, and I think that when you think about that, you have to wonder. For someone to become the speaker now, is that something that they feel could advance their career or is it a good move for them? Um, and do they see it as a potential to be able to get things done? Uh, or or do they look at what just happened with uh, former Speaker McCarthy and be like, that's not really the kind of position I want to be put in. Mm-hmm. So I think that the next couple weeks are going to be dicey i guess i would say and i think that as you get closer and closer to that deadline as we've seen in the past uh you you know the the house of representatives does have a remarkable ability to pull themselves together when they're facing a deadline as we've seen so uh i my hope is that they can find a speaker and that they can keep the government open uh you know moving forward but you know, we're in a very unprecedented position. No right. Speaker of the House in the history of our country has been removed involuntarily like this. And it's coming at a very, uh, you know, important moment for the government. Mm-hmm. And they have to, um, you know, they have to agree on 12 appropriations bills to fund the right. government in November. And they just can't do that without a speaker. Right. And so if they don't have a speaker, that's bad. But if they have a speaker who is largely toothless because of the concessions that he or she made to become speaker, uh, that might not be great great either. And, and one thing I did want to mention is, you know, there is the National Flood Insurance Program. So if the government does shut down, you know, transactions that need that insurance will be affected. Uh, Over time, you might see delays with FHA and VA loans. Um, And also, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Bureau of Economic Analysis and the Census Bureau, they'll cease data reporting if the government shuts down. And a lot of their data is what, you know, the Fed is sifting through to determine their policy. So more uncertainty in that realm as well is not something that we really uh, need right now, as we've seen in a high rate. Uh, environment, so I know that was a very long-winded sort of answer to your question. Uh, as people who know me will say, I'm not—I'm a little bit of a pessimist. <laughs> I, I do, uh, you know, throwing the captain of the ship off the ship during a storm is maybe not always the the best time to be, you know, having someone walk the plank. But uh, that's where we are, uh, and hopefully. The time crunch will create a sense of urgency to to find someone that can keep the government open and keep the government funded. I think that eventually that will happen. But for right now, for the next couple of weeks, I believe it's going to be a very, very uncertain moment in the House of Representatives.
0: I think there there are definitely a lot of uncertainties. And I think you're being realistic, not necessarily pessimistic. I believe a lot of consumers actually agree with you, not because uh, you know what they what they have seen. You know, some of the consumer confidence actually came in a little earlier, and you know, consumers are concerned. They were concerned about you know the current economic conditions. They were concerned about you know some um, the political situation. They're concerned about they were concerned about high interest rates environment and things like that. So you're not alone, uh, Mike. You know, I think a lot of consumers they're um, They were concerned about what's going on. And, of course, they probably continue to be concerned about, you know, what could happen in the last quarter or so. Um, Consumer Confidence Index, for example, declined, you know, uh, in September uh, from uh, 108.7 in August to 103. And a lot of people actually believe uh, or they're, they're a little less optimistic or less positive about the labor market condition, believe it or not, even though job opening continued to be high, uh, but continued to strong, as we mentioned earlier. But uh, people who are working right now, they're a little bit more worried uh, compared to, let's say, a, a month ago or two months ago, uh, as people who believe that hard, jobs are hard to find uh, actually inched up a little bit. Uh, from 13.2 percent to 13.6 now that's still a very small number but um, we can see that consumers definitely are bothered by you know some of the ongoing things uh, that we have mentioned uh, and uh I will be honest you know in the upcoming quarter uh, in the next few months or so in October uh, November and December before the end of the year uh, the consumer confidence may fluctuate Depending on interest rates movement, depending on you know the uh, whether we okay. are going to see you know some fluctuation or it's actually the housing the 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 uh, shutdown of the government. Obviously, that's not a good thing for many many uh, government employees, But it could also trigger you know some economic slowdown. It tr- could trigger consumer spending less. One thing that I we did not have a chance to actually talk about uh, that may actually be one of the reasons why consumers are not. Uh, We're not as confident uh, as uh, the student loan debt, the resumption of the student loan debt uh, that actually uh, had been put off for the uh, student loan uh, uh, repayment had been put off for, what is it, two years Um, or three years? I can't remember the exact timing. Since 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, and it's going to take a big chunk out of some of the uh, uh, loan borrowers or that they have to pay back. Some I've seen anecdotally, some might have to pay back like you know $400 or $800 a month. Uh, and that's a, a huge chunk of money. And where's that money coming from? Of course, from other consumer spending. So there, it's possible that we may actually see some slowdown in uh, consumer spending. And hence, of course, uh, economic slowdown as well in the uh, third quarter or maybe even Maybe maybe not so much third quarters because we've already passed it. Maybe the fourth quarter and maybe going on to twenty twenty four. Um, anything else? Because we covered a lot of ground. Um, you know, in the last forty five minutes or so, maybe even more than that. Anything that uh, you want to add, uh, Gamel and Mike?
1: I I I would just say keep an eye on the student loan repayment and how, what effect that might have. I mean, I believe on average those payments are between $200 and $300 a month. So some are higher, some lower. And I mean, this is a, something that's affecting me personally. It, it, it does create uh, an adjustment on how you decide to spend right. your money. Uh, and one of the reasons why uh, you know the Fed is going to be keeping rates higher for longer is that the economy has remained very resilient up to this point. And a large part of that resiliency has come from spending. Uh, Consumer spending has remained strong uh, throughout this period, which has surprised a lot of economists. It surprised me. Uh, And, you know, the resumption of student loan payments is going to make a dent into discretionary spending. So I I think that's something to keep an eye on moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, that, and of course, um, Possibly some of the wild cards that we may not even be able to anticipate right now. Um, yeah, and we're only talking about domestically. We're not even talking about, you know, at a global level. So there are definitely a lot of wild cards, a lot of uncertainties that we have to keep an eye on. Um, and of course, uh, we have our podcast every month or so. When we actually hear or see some of those issues, we'll definitely bring it to our audience. We'll definitely share with. Uh, our uh, listeners on a monthly basis um it's great having both of you on here um i think we covered
2: everything right yeah thank you thank you yeah thank you for having us oscar um yeah I, the last thing i was just gonna say you can then wrap it up i was just gonna say yeah Amer- americans definitely have a lot uh of concerns to kind of worry about right now. But, um, you know, over the last three years, they have definitely shown a lot of resilience. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get through this storm, too. It's all good.
0: That's very true. And it's, you know, um, many economists, as we mentioned earlier, previously predicted that it's going to be a um, uh, that we're going to go into recessions. Uh, uh, and it does look like that there's a better chance of soft lending than before. So, Hey, right. maybe we'll, we'll actually get through, you know, in 2024, not actually uh, hitting. I still personally believe that we will actually see a, uh, a recession, but a mild one, uh, but definitely a, a bit better than, you know, what we predicted six months ago. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to report to uh, our, our audience and listeners uh, in our upcoming, uh, in the later forecast uh, or so. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, uh, Gamal and Mike, for joining us, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll, we'll get back to you uh, again in about a few weeks or so. And next time, Jordan will be joining us again. Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in. Have a great weekend,
2: or have a great yeah, weekend.
0: Oscar. Bye.